Hello, hunters, and welcome to another episode of the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Acevedo, and as always, I'm joined by the amazing, the bodacious, <laughs> Christian Hughes. Cowabunga, dude. Yeah, dude, welcome back, man. I know we don't have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, but, I mean, you said bodacious, so I feel like it's the right atmosphere. Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. Christian, it's good seeing you, man. It's been a minute. It feels like a minute, but to the listeners, it's been a week. I guess it's yeah, been a week I for mean, us, too. Season two of UFC has been... Uh, it, I feel like we're coming in hot, season two. We, yeah. we were pre-recorded, and then suddenly con season hit, basically Oof. in June with video games, and the hits just keep on coming in. So yeah. uh, we are, we're coming to a screeching halt at the end of season two here. We've got three matches left. And then we're going to be headed towards the big leagues with the final four. Yeah, that's true, man. Well, uh, it's good to be back here with you, man. Uh, we had a little unranked draft today for fun of fantasy football. Um, yeah. And that was really fun. I'm really glad I got to be a part of that. I'm going to kick Tuna's butt. Uh, so it's going to be a good day. We are. Team well, UFC. Exactly. So for those of you who don't know, we, me and Christian partnered up. So we are Team UFC in the unranked fantasy football tournament. Yeah. <laughs> So Ooh, we win. We a show all that win. a show that ranks characters versus a show that is completely unranked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's 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 dip in. Let's We've do this got, thing. We have a real variety of characters today. We do have two video game characters in one week here. We do. We do. So let's hop into that first one. Uh, let me tell you about Franklin Clinton. Have you played Grand Theft Auto Five? I I just watched my roommate play it. I was never a big Grand Theft Auto person um, because, uh, I don't know, I'm, I, every time I did play it, I didn't play the story. I would just do cheat codes mm. and then like fly a helicopter around and stuff. That is the best way to play the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll say this. The fifth game had probably some of the most engaging story that they've ever done. In fact, it's the only GTA where I've actually completed the story. Yeah. And all the other ones, I basically very quickly would just start putting in cheat codes and just screwing around and just crashing cars and stuff. Um, this character in particular is probably the best one. Yeah. So Franklin, he he was born and raised in South Los Santos. So he was born in the city, which this is basically Los Angeles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you know he he was he comes from like a, a troubled home. You know his there was like an abusive parent. His mother had a death she was uh addicted to drugs he had to deal with like his horrible aunt there's just he had a really like rough upbringing and he was trying to find his way out and that's what gets him involved in the life of crime high crimes too yeah. these aren't you know that he's not just uh turning over 7-elevens he's bank robbing big like oceans 11 style heists for franklin here um but like you they really make you empathize with him he's like the character that like you really like you feel he was given a raw deal and you want him to succeed, even though what you're doing is bad. But uh, who's Franklin going up against? Franklin's going up against someone who's dealt with a lot of stuff, man, who's seen a lot of stuff with her stepfather being extremely abusive and sadistic, but she finds an out through uh, a, a forest of magical creatures and such. And, you know, is it an out or is it just, uh, you know, or is it just a distraction from what's really there? Uh, we're talking about Ophelia, though, from Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, uh, here's this character is unbelievable. I'll tell you, this is a movie that terrified me the first time I saw it. Yeah, but I loved it all the same. It's one of like I feel like there was a um like a golden age in the like mid to late two thousands 
of indie films. Yeah. And this was one of those. This was this small movie no one had ever heard of. Like, Guillermo del Toro wasn't a huge household. I know he was doing, like, Hellboy, but still wasn't, like, a massive household name or anything yet. Right. Um, you know, this is all in Spanish. Mm-hmm. There are no, like, well-known character, like, actors. It's not based on, like, a prior franchise that people are familiar with or anything. So there's a lot going up against it. This girl is unbelievable. Yeah. And she goes through, like, a lot for a child. What is she, eight? I think, well, she's 11 years old. Sorry, 11 years old. Yeah. Uh, and she has gone through the ringer, man. I think um, we, we should just do spoiler warning right now because yes. I, I feel like... We have to talk about the end of the movie, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. So she ultimately, to save her life and her little brothers, because this is during the Spanish Civil War, which is also during like World War Two, right? Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's like Nazis have invaded Europe, and this is taking following like you know a group of like rebels or or like yeah. she, they're trying to hunt the rebels, and like her dad, stepdad, is like the leader of that, leading that rebellion, like leading that right. charge to find the rebels. You know what I'm saying? I I think that's correct. (laughs) It's no, it's yeah. And it also, it takes place like, so there's Spain is going through like its own civil war because there's the the rebellion in Spain because like her stepdad wasn't a Nazi necessarily. No. But he was, he was in the bad regime. Um, It's hard to tell first if what she was seeing is real, but ultimately we are led to believe everything that happened was real in it. I don't think there's any question, but she's, she's met by a fawn pan who is like, I will save you from this world, but you have to complete three tasks. And going through and completing those tasks is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, It ultimately ends with her having to give her life. Yeah. And she's killed by her stepdad. But then, because she gave her life, she was reborn as the princess of the underworld, like where Pan's Labyrinth takes place, Mm -hmm. uh, where she and her brother that was born the new baby could go and live together it's really beautiful it's incredible it's also um, like it's also makes you think like you know it's like that whole thing it's like did she actually do that or is it like is it what just she sees or i don't know it left me thinking. yeah i i was unsure about that for a little bit but everything i read about it and when you keep watching it it seems like it's all supposed to like it's it's real yeah for sure it was definitely real especially when you think about um they had that like weird uh my goodness, I can't remember what it's called, but it was it was basically like a tree branch that came to life. The the like tree beard turnip thing. <laughs> no, it was like the little turnip thing she kept under the bed. Um, gosh, I can't remember them. They even have them in Harry Potter. Uh, they like learn how to grow them and stuff. Neville takes care of them. Gosh, this is gonna bite me in the butt later. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, she has to do all these incredible things. But it, it, this is where like their one similarity comes in between her and Franklin, right? Because they both are going through arduous tasks to find a way out of their like dangerous and awful situation. Yeah, yeah, and like her, I, you know, any and with both of them, with them trying to find that escape, they find even more danger. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and they're led by temptation a bit. Um, like, you know, Ophelia, she didn't have to eat that grape, dude. You know, that was kind of a nasty looking grape. She didn't have to do it. Uh, well, so you're discussing when she w- goes to the pale man. Yeah, that guy's freaky. Yeah. She she has to get something from the pale man. Was it a key? It was a key, but don't right? touch anything. And then the fairies are like, don't eat it. And she's like, get away. The pixies. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, uh, it's like Willy Wonka-esque. Right? Very Willy Wonka-esque. Yeah. 
yeah but i mean that's the that's the problem with tempting a, a child is it's it's probably gonna work <laughs> <laughs> now franklin goes a, another way around this because where she's trying to do these heroic tasks he's like you know he's trying to get his yeah and so he meets up with michael and then ultimately they form their own little group you know they're working with chop shops um he the best thing about michael is, is he has a dog also uh that's definitely points for for sorry, Major franklin points. has a dog so yeah points for franklin because he's got a cool dog yeah but um you know he works at like a repo station and then uh, like they go after a bank they do this massive bank heist um they steal from other gangs and stuff so like he gets into a place where he is it's hard to distinguish him from the good guys mm-hmm. right so like if we were putting this on like a heroism scale or like a like fictional world impact i would give the points to ophelia here because she was an 11 year old um who did something that is like really incredible and fantastical and although he put himself in a perilous place um he basically just went and became a criminal yeah plenty of other like there was nothing unique about what he did right like she's a more like that's that's a thing right she's a more unique character than him which like we have that you know we, we talk about authenticity and originality You've got to give those to her, right? Yeah, and she's—I mean, she's going through this, you know, not just the stuff in her micro, but in the macro. She's, you know, it's World War Two. Like, she's a survivor of of you know this battle, you know, and she's just trying. And her mom remarries to this really nasty man, and like, it's just she's dealing with a lot of stuff, man. And I find her way more interesting. Yeah, she like like her mom. She loses her mom because Mm -hmm. there was ultimately a point where it was like, okay, either the mom's gonna die or her stepdad's kid is going to die and it's going to be a boy. So they're like, no, screw it. Like I want my son. And then once the son is there, it's like, well, you're nothing to him now. Like your mom's gone. You're not his blood child. He has a boy. Like you are in danger. Yeah. Ophelia. Yeah. Um, Franklin doesn't have any of that. And the interesting thing about that is like, I, I I think Franklin is the best GTA character story they've done. Mm -hmm. He's the most interesting, like, but I, I don't know, man. I, is there anything about him that's like, okay, cool. They made, the, they took the concept of getting someone, you know, from uh, under, like, privileged area, like, you know, where there's gangs and drugs and they're like, let's make a character about that and have him, like, fight his way out. But um, those are stories we've seen before. Yeah, exactly. I will say he has, uh, the guy knows how to trip properly, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, my God. He knows how to take a good trip. Yeah, he certainly wink, does. Wink, wink. <laughs> but again, even even all well, the characters it. in that game do. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. It's Franklin falls, I think, into the problem area that certain characters in video games do where he is a vessel for your gameplay. And although like his story is interesting, it's interesting for a video game. I don't know if it's if it compares to Ophelia from Pan's Labyrinth, <laughs> the stepchild of a uh <laughs> tyrannical regime who yeah encounters a fawn and becomes the princess of the underworld i totally agree man i i i I don't even i i I honestly think that i'm leaning towards her man like she's yeah he's he's just he falls in that trap you know yeah absolutely yeah totally uh you know there's places where like i sure i'd hang with him and maybe get a beer and he would win a fight but i don't think he wins anywhere else i don't think so either so sorry franklin you're wasted or busted. What happens when you get arrested? <laughs> what does it say? 
Uh, busted. Oh, it was busted. Why, why did I think wasted? <laughs> Anyways, Ophelia is moving on to the final round. All right. All right. This next one's this next one's scary. <laughs> this next one's a it's little scary. Uh, not see. I'm just like this is a big one. I feel like it's gonna be a a, a, a tough one, man. Is it gonna be? You think this is the the tough fight for this episode? I think so. I think this is the one that's oh. like, oh boy, because. You know, we can't just talk about here. We have to go to infinity and beyond to pick this winner. And uh, we're, you know, this first person is none other than Buzz Lightyear. Oh, boy. Um, so I never saw the new Toy Story. Oh, what? How important is it to his story? Dude, his, to it's his okay story, if you have to spoil I, it. I think fine. the new movie. If you, if you end up having to spoil it, it's fine. If, you, if it's that integral to his story. It seems like it is. It's I don't okay. think I, I don't. Well, it's not. It's, you know what? No, it's, it's not integral to his story. It's integral to Woody's story. So I, it, we don't need to talk about it. Okay. Well, if there's bits in there that you need to talk about, just spoiler warning for people: Toy Story Four may come up. It may come up. I will not spoil the ending. Yeah. But there may be things in it that I talk okay. about. I'm I'm okay with being spoiled on Toy Story Four. Like I okay, I, cool. I very much am. It's uh, I like Toy Story. Toy Story Three was so perfect for me. That the reason I, I didn't understand. see four, like I, I didn't go because I just I was like I have all the Toy Story I ever needed. Yeah, I'm I'm great, and I as much as I was like oh I'll probably see it, I just never went. Um, but I'll tell you one one franchise that I don't have enough of yet. Ooh, what's that? The Legend of Zelda, not Link, not the guy you always play as, but the Legend of Zelda. That's right. That's so right. So here's here's the interesting thing about this is. She doesn't have her own game. No, but she doesn't. Yeah, and the franchise is named after her. It's definitely like the most requested thing for Zelda. And if like they screw it up and in this sequel to Breath of the Wild, you still can't play as her, even though it seems like that's going to be the case. Um, boy, will they have kind of screwed up on that one. But man, she is um, such an interesting character, especially since, although it may not be the best game in the franchise... Skyward Sword and now Breath of the Wild, you really get like so much more to learn about her. In fact, I would say the four most important games that we're going to have to talk about are going to be Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker. Wind Waker for sure. Yep. Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild. Wild. Yeah, because the other one is just damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like she's either not in it or she's just like a motivator for you to go. She's a helpless princess. Um, So... Let's before we hop back into Princess Zelda, give me give me your give me your uh, I'll do a like one minute breakdown on Princess Zelda. You give me what is your one minute breakdown on Buzz Lightyear? So let's do this and then we can try Ooh, and pit fun. them against each other. Okay, so there's two sides of Buzz Lightyear. There's the Space Ranger version where he you know we're basing it off of the animated series where he actually leads Space Rangers to fight the evil Emperor Zerg. Good, uh, good. I'm hope I wanted you to include that because I loved that growing up. It was a great show. It was great, yes. and he was a great leader. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then there's the other side where he's still a great leader, um, but he's more of a compassionate friend. Um, and he's, you know, uh, he, he he's always there for you. And, and he whenever there's literally no toy gets left behind, if someone falls behind, he's the one to go out back and get him. You know what I mean? Uh, so Buzz Lightyear is a friend to all, you know? Uh, love interests? Oh, yeah. Multiple love interests. If we're talking about... You know, in the sh- in the movies is Jesse, great mm-hmm. love interest. I think Buzz is very shippable. And then I think it's her name was Mira. Um, she was the blue alien chick in the in the animated yeah. series. Yeah, uh, that was his love interest in that. 
Uh, and Buzz Lightyear, um, what what would you say his best quality is? His chin. Okay. <laughs> That's a good chin, man. He has a very good chin. All right. Well, then let, let me tell you about Princess Zelda. So Princess Zelda, of the same name, who has always been, she started in the Skyloft City. It was a floating city above the world. And the goddess of that world was, uh, there, there was sort of, I'm going to, I got to try and actually speed this up. So there was an evil entity, there was a goddess involved, there was a hero who tries to save Zelda and save the land, and Link and Zelda, they defeat that enemy, but then they get cursed for all time. So in Skyward Sword, you get the first ever Zelda. And because her, Link, and this evil entity are now sort of, they're, they're tied into the Triforce, which is this sort of like, all-powerful object yeah which it, it it's sentient in a way uh it it has their souls are trapped into being reborn over and over again which they they're cursed ultimately this is a curse brought on by the ultimate evil um ultimate evil Girahim, character right is it Girahim? Girahim, yeah right. or i think is it it's either gear Girahim or Girahim. i mean they there's no voice acting in zelda so <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so um <laughs> And then, and then you fast forward, we get Ocarina of Time, you see her as a child, and she gets taken away by Ganondorf, which is the reborn evil entity, and Link has to save her, which happens in these games all over and over again. But this is where everyone, like, immediately is like, great, we want to play as her now, because there's this hidden character, Sheik, who, oh, like, so good. helping you out, teaching you the songs of the Ocarina, and, like, working and fighting by your side, and you're like, total badass. It's has very, a like, fighting style. Moment. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like, who's it's this so mysterious cool. Gerudo? They're like yeah. magic ninjas. It's basically, yeah. they're magic ninjas. Uh, so Zelda, Zelda's shown her strengths and abilities as a magical ninja, as a princess. She can fire light arrows. She can heal things. She uh, is also incredibly smart, as we've seen in Breath of the Wild. She Super was able smart. to... She's a scientist, basically. Yeah, she, she was able to, um, like find relics and uncover them she's like an archaeologist and she she helps link she saves hyrule by like containing ganon for a hundred years until link can come back and that's not easy dude that's not easy to do no and and in the wind waker series you know there's even more so we gotta we gotta compare them we gotta compare them um because god i can't even do that in one minute um yeah do you i I Uh, think we should go to our list unless you know where we should start because i don't know where to start buzz lightyear someone who's good at self-reflecting and admitting his flaws, you know what I'm saying? He knows how he like he realized, you're right. I am a toy, so I'm gonna become a better toy. I'm not actually a space ranger, so I like that he's able to evolve and like see himself and talk, like look at himself because that's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, I'll give you this. Um, he he gets more time to develop his internal relationship than Zelda. Yeah. Uh. I would argue hers is pretty good in, hers in is certain good. areas. Like Wind Waker, for instance, when she gives up the persona of Tetra and yeah. becomes Zelda. Uh, and also in like the more modern Breath of the Wild, but but not quite the same as Buzz Lightyear. That's like a big part of the Toy Story franchise and his character. So that's yeah. a good point. Buzz, Buzz is a, a, a more internally developed character, which has been a strong determining factor this season it really has man and you know buzz is good at it and he's literally he's like become a better person for it yeah now here's an interesting one right 
when you're talking about originality, I feel like it's a weird mix. Because I can, you can you can look at this two ways. You can look at Buzz Lightyear and you can be like, oh, well, he's just a space ranger. But then you get into the whole fact that he's actually a toy and that's sort of a unique idea. And then you get yeah. into Zelda and you're like, oh, it's just a damsel in distress. And then you're like, well, actually, if you look at half the series, she is <laughs> so important to actually defeating the evil. And she is fighting side by side with Link. And it's actually like subversive to the normal stereotype of the damsel in distress. Yeah, definitely. Which is why she's such a requested playable character, because people love the fact that she is not this helpless being, but we want to actually like really get to engage with that more than just being able to watch it or have it be like a partner or companion. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think like originality is more of like a toss up because you, you could argue either way for them. I don't know if we're going to find something between them that that's like really defining like you could with buzz and introspection. Um I'd be willing to say this, even if you count the animated version of Buzz Lightyear, I think Zelda would win in a fight. Oh, I think so too. Hundo P. Hundo P. Outside of maybe like NES Zelda. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's trained by the Gerudo. Yeah. You know? Like if like she's she, not a sheik or a pirate. <laughs> she's still like a powerful sorceress kind of a deal. Correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like, well, she's a witch, she's a pirate, and she's uh, a sheik. So... She's probably, she's got that one in the bag. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, he's got space lasers and jetpacks and stuff, but um, that's not like his strength, right? His strength is always like his friends and his cleverness, even in the cartoons. Yeah, it really is. Um, So I guess they're both good battles, like, strat- you know, strategists. Yeah, but I, I think she would win in a fight. Yeah, I would rather, I think Buzz would be a good hang, you know? But I also think Zelda would be too, because if we see how she is in Breath of the Wild, she's like all about nature and going out and like discovering new things and showing you. I, I kind of like that. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Again, like it just depends on the Zelda, but actually I'd say most modern versions, which is we always typically try to go with the most recent and relevant versions of these characters. Yeah. Um, she's super interesting. Sheik Zelda would be a cool hang. Tetra Zelda might be the coolest hang. Yeah. And I, I'm going to give some points away from Buzz. I'm going to take some. Oh. Here's a negative. Okay. Okay. In my you opinion. You don't usually do this. <laughs> yeah, here, I, it's true. Um, but here, here's a negative, and I think we had to get there. For me, it was it, it was something in Toy Story 4 that was a bit that they added that was funny. Mm-hmm. But it, to me, it made Buzz Lightyear. It didn't, I didn't believe it for Buzz. Um, they added this thing where, you know, uh, Woody or Forky was like, you need to listen to your, your inner voice or whatever. So Buzz started pressing the buttons on like his his like spacesuit, and it would, it would say something that would happen to you know it would happen it's to relate like the to the situation. Yeah, is the pre-programmed thing. Cool. Uh, so That's the whole awesome. Movie, I gotta like, watch what, this. <laughs> what should I What should I do? Inner voice. Uh, we must do this. You know, and it's like it, like he'll hear, and it would coincide with what's happening. But I, it's a funny bit. But yeah. I think to like to where Buzz Lightyear is now. I don't think I think that's like a, I don't believe he's that dumb. Yeah, Does that makes sense. I don't think like no. And that's isn't this the problem we have with like Fry and like Bart Simpson is like they're not allowed to. It's like he's basically still a cartoon character. Like like I, especially after what he's been through for the first three movies, it feels like it was it was like we met him. If if we were to meet him right after uh, Buzz beats, you know, at the end of Toy Story one, it was the beginning of Toy Story two, and he was doing that, that would make more sense. But I think like it's like such a backward 
it's like such a step back for that character's growth personally but see, it, this I, is, yeah this is the problem with the cartoon characters because like zelda yeah. you could argue is the same thing like every game it's like well she's starting over it's like but yeah at least like then it's it's like well this is a new experience for new zelda it's like buzz went through this why does he have to learn it again yeah exactly that that was my problem like it it was funny but like to me i'm like he's not this dumb right I mean, and that's why I didn't see Toy Story 4, because I felt like in Toy Story 3, like the final message of it feels like anything you do after that is like you're just retelling stuff. Like it's like everything kind of closed. So like yeah. I was like, I don't know how you tell another story with those characters that isn't just retreading old ground or undoing like growth that they had. That's a little annoying to hear. Um, and it's it's limiting on him. It's, right. It's exactly. It really is. That's a really good point. I, I definitely think that is a, a point against him. Or, you know, that's a point for Zelda under growth. Because although she has reset over and over again, in every iteration of that character, she changes and grows from the beginning to the end of the game. And then the only reason it's reset is because it's a new lifetime. It's a, it's a different Zelda. Yeah. It's a different person. It's a different experience. And then when they're allowed to see the same character again, like Phantom Hourglass and stuff like that, like she has grown. Like she is not the like sarcastic little feisty Tetra that you first met in Wind Waker. Yeah, exactly. So that's definitely really, a point for Zelda. It's a huge point. Um, I still think Buzz is a great friend, but I also think Zelda's a great friend. She loves all of her, of all people of Hyrule, you know? Yeah. Hmm. She has a lot more pressure on her. Than Buzz Lightyear does. Much more pressure. Right? This, like, this is an interesting one where, like, you know, the escalated scale that you have for someone like Zelda, like the events that are unfolding versus the events that are unfolding in Toy Story, uh, just a different different scale. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's, um, that's definitely a knock against Buzz for growth. But I wonder if we can, we can look at, like, you know, fictional impact I'm going to give to Zelda. Cultural impact... I want to know what you think here. They're both phenoms, right? Yeah. Uh, I think more people one. might know who Zelda is than Buzz Lightyear. I think they know the word Zelda. I don't think everyone knows that Zelda is the princess. That's fair. I think the people the word Zelda is recognizable, but I don't. I think people know who Buzz Lightyear is. That's fair. People definitely know Toy Story, but people also know Zelda. I don't know. That's that's so hard. Like I, I mean, because you when we're talking about cultural impact, it's. I mean, Princess Zelda, especially being like one of the few women video game characters that were major, um, even though she's not even playable. Like, what's the first time you could play as her? Was what Smash, Smash Brothers, Bros. right? Uh, Melee, yeah. yeah. And then since then, and also Dynasty Warriors, yeah, Warriors, Warriors and, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a, a a solid answer there. I think that's a wash, man. Yeah, I think so I think too. It's a wash. What about um, um, who's funnier, Buzz Lightyear, right? Buzz is pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know if Zelda's hilarious. Yeah, I don't think yeah. But Buzz is pretty funny. I would get I would say Zelda's a more competent character though. I, I totally agree. Right? I have hundred hundred percent, man. I, I'm kinda I I'm leaning towards one way. I don't know if we, how we're going down this checklist, but I'm kind of feeling like Zelda right now is kind of, you know, in the lead for me. If you were to pick Zelda, why would you say that Zelda is a better character than Buzz Lightyear? I think she started off I think she's one of the, you know, her and Peach were like the OG, like, fetch quest, right? Mm -hmm. Which sounds weird, but there was OG fetch quest, but she, like, evolved. I'm like, you know, like, Peach did too, but, like, I think she's, like, every iteration, it's, like, she has grown, and we've seen 
different sides of this character and her lineage. Yeah. So technically, it's like the ancestry, and every version gets more smarter and more competent. And it's it's we see that growth. She's you know? more dynamic. Like she's Absolutely. not the same. She's able to learn and do different things. Like there's a reason people want to play as Zelda. It's because she's a great character. Huh. Actually, if you think about it, in some ways, she's actually more dynamic and interesting than Link. Because Link's whole thing is like, I basically got to get the Master Sword and either get pieces of the Triforce or get like X thing and fight Ganon or Ganondorf. But for her, it's like, well, I'm going to have to be a pirate or I'm going to have to go learn music and magic or I'm going to have to become an archaeologist or like. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly, dude. She She's has a fantastic kind of man, she, we got. They really need to make her a playable character. I know. Breath of the Wild 2, man. Come on. Come on. She actually, I think, almost has a unique advantage as a video game character in this competition because she's not an avatar for you. She actually is a, like a fleshed out character. Right. Unlike most right. of the others, right? Like that's the advantage yeah. she has over Franklin. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think I would, uh, I would be ready to move forward as well now. All right, man. That sounds good to me. So, to infinity and be gone, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> that was really good, actually. That might be one of my favorite ones in a while. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, so Zelda is moving on. Let's do this, man. We got a final match going up. This person is going to be the winner. Uh, is going to go up against uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, um, let's get into this. All Both, right. Uh, we got Ophelia from Pan's Labyrinth versus Zelda, the Princess of Hyrule. So, so I'm, both of them. Yeah, yeah, please. In their own ways, they're both kind of like royalty in a way. <laughs> yeah. They're both princesses of magical lands. Yeah. Okay. Where so, do we start? <laughs> well, no, because this is, the, this is the thing, right? Is yeah. they both have to overcome incredible odds during times of war. They both ultimately are or become leaders of magical lands. Uh, and at times they both even had to like sacrifice themselves. Like Zelda had to like almost become like one with the magic. Like she basically like gave up her corporeal body to contain Ganon for 100 years. Yeah. So like, I mean, there is a lot about their overall general arcs that is similar. So we're going to actually just have to go into straight up personality here because otherwise like we are just going to be comparing like we're splitting hairs, right? I mean, they both did, did incredible world-changing things and are royalty and Matt. Like, it's, it would I be think, unfair to say otherwise. In terms of personality, I think Zelda's got the edge on that, you know? Okay. I think, uh, I don't know. I just feel like we've seen more shades of her. And it's not, but that's just, I don't think that's a negative to Ophelia because she's just in such a harsh time, you know? And we see her trying to latch on to things that make her happy. And struggling to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Ophelia is a character that I actually have, like, empathized with. And I don't know if I've ever really empathized with Zelda. I'm always fascinated by Zelda in every iteration, even especially, like, when she's Tetra or when she is Sheik. And maybe it's because I'm a dude and I'm not um, a woman. But at the same time, like, I have <laughs> empathized with Ophelia because we've all been little kids and we've all felt like we're up against something bigger than us. Uh, yeah. And you're, and I'm sure everyone's at some point in their life felt like maybe they were a part of something larger than them. Um, yeah. And they, we've all felt like we were in a world we didn't understand. 
whereas Zelda was sort of born into the concept of being royalty and being important and being magical. So like all of those things are normal for her. Whereas Ophelia is this this kid that has to like overcome odds and was sort of dropped into a hectic world. So I almost feel like it's easier to relate to her as like a real human than it is to Zelda. Yeah, I can see that. She's definitely yeah, she's definitely relatable in that sense. We I don't know if that's uh that's something we've talked about is who we can empathize with. Yeah. I've never been royalty. I don't know about you, Christian. No, but but even if it's not being royalty, it's like, okay, well, were you born into like some sort of privilege that means that you have like um, expectations or, th- you know, and it's like, there's probably some people that are like that, but I don't think that's common. Whereas I think the things that Ophelia feels are more common to, to most everyone, even though they're obviously like extreme versions of it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know. I I would I personally think that like that makes Ophelia a more authentic character than Princess Zelda. That's, I I could see that. I, I, that's definitely true. Okay, so she I I will give that to her for sure. Now let me let me toss a bone in Zelda's yard. Zelda would stomp her. Oh, Hundo P. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like just Eat with ease, man. Any form of Zelda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe like NES Zelda, like maybe super nintendo zelda like that would just be a straight on like child princess v child princess toss-up but any modern iteration <laughs> of zelda would just destroy ophelia <laughs> <laughs> like it's just even picture it right like yeah kid kid ophelia versus kid zelda zelda's still got magic on her side she's brought up around royalty like she's probably like more naive than uh, maybe most children so maybe ophelia could like get the upper hand possibly because like baby zelda's pampered but any modern version of zelda like when she's tetra and she's she's basically like you know running around like she's in one piece or she's uh i mean she is (laughs) she's like the leader of like her own band of like wacky pirates yeah they're a fun crew man yeah basically great great pirate crew it basically is one piece a little bit (laughs) I'm so into it. Um, it. <laughs> there's got to be there's got to be Tetra v One Piece crossover fan art. Uh, oh, I I bet there is. I gotta look that up. There must that sounds be. Awesome. Yeah, that does sound cool. Actually, I would get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, like, imagine Sheik Zelda. Sheik Zelda would just like that would be the fastest fight in the world. That really would be. So I mean, yeah, Sheik, Sheik was my first main. You know, I would also say Zelda's smarter. She has more intelligence. She's definitely more smart. Yes. She's definitely smart. She's got that royalty uh, education. Yes. So she's definitely getting, like, intellect. Um, I actually weirdly think, and you, you might disagree here, I don't think that, like, Princess Zelda's emotional range is as wide as Ophelia's. Really? Yeah, I feel like... Um, she accepts sort of the world that she's in. And so although she's scared and like she feels like uh, outside of maybe Breath of the Wild Zelda, I feel like she has a, a small range of just like sort of always being like in concern about things. Hmm. Whereas like Ophelia is um, you, you, you just like I mean, there's only one movie of Pan's Labyrinth. And I feel like I get a much wider range of like joy and laughter and love and fear and despair, like in like such a small window of storytelling. And over two decades, like most of the time you see Zelda, she's like screaming for help 
or she's being a sarcastic version of Tetra or this sort of like stealthy, elusive person. But like outside of like the little glimpses we've gotten in Breath of the Wild, we don't ever really see her get very close to someone. There's a little bit of that knocker in a time, but there's so little. Like there's not the kind of thing that you see with like Ophelia and her baby brother and having like that like little root creature and then like dealing with the pale man and then giving her life. Like I, I, I feel like there's just more to Ophelia there when it comes to like her emotional range as a character. Yeah, she definitely got that. I want to fight for Zelda on that because we'd see it in Breath of the Wild, but like it is very small glimpses of it. Yeah. Um and that's and that's about it. That's the problem with it not being Zelda's story. <laughs> right. Even though it's right. named the Legend of Zelda. Uh who would in terms you... of like global impact though, I, I think Zelda mm-hmm. for sure is the bigger yeah. global impact. Yeah. Fictional and global. Like real life and yeah. fictional life. Yes. Zelda. Yeah. I mean Zelda I think has slightly more points on the board. It's interesting. I feel like Ophelia's wins in a couple of categories that are crucial so they like feel almost like they're weighted more weighted yeah but like we don't weight them here because it's really not fair right like right so when you're designing a character for your story you're trying to fit certain needs you're you know it depends on if you're telling the story of that character or if that character is an overall bigger part of your story um which is why like ophelia is i think able to win under things like you know her emotional range but like zelda's gonna win in a fight um She's more shippable. She's more intelligent. She's had a bigger impact on the world. Uh, they're both about, I'd say, as like original or authentic as one another. Right. I mean, I'd say maybe like Ophelia's more authentic just because I'm able to actually empathize. I think she's a more empathetic character. Um, yeah. But Zelda has more like you care about her personal relationships. Oh, actually, I don't know. I mean, she's shippable. Yeah, no, she's shippable. She definitely wins ship factor. Big ship factor. Big ship. Also funnier. And she's Crucial. well actually are either of them funny? Like what it Tetra? Is that the only like really funny Zelda? Tetra's pretty funny though. She's pretty sarcastic. And that's like the only one though, right? Yeah, and then like I don't know, Breath of the Wild Zelda has is like cute. She's like cute funny. I don't know if I'd know? give either of them that. They're not funny characters. Yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> who would you not. get a beer with? Because I know who I'd get a beer with. Really think about it. I man, it's hard with all of her different forms. I would love to get a beer with like Tetra or even like the new Zelda, mm-hmm. you know, from Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I would go go with Ophelia. Okay, so if we're comparing kid Zeldas, you'd probably pick Ophelia. If we're carrying, comparing like a modern Zelda, you pick Zelda. Um, I think I think either way, I would pick Zelda. Actually, yeah. Um, I think I'm with you on that. It's like Ophelia is is a child in a desperate situation. There's no, like, fun hang time conversation with her. <laughs> yeah. And, like, if I were to have someone, if I were to, like, ask someone to babysit or, like, dog sit or watch my house, I'd go to Zelda. Yeah. She'd be the first person I'd call. I mean... She'd be the first person I'd be, like, you know, who, who would probably help you. She'd be like, yeah, let me help. There's a reason everyone wants to have her be a playable character, and I think it's because we love her so much. I think, I think I would be ready to tip this one forward. It might not sound like it's really... Um, that clear yet but I think actually if you go back through and listen to how many things have gone towards one character's favor it actually is uh, I am uh, 100% with you Christian okay um, are we calling it I'm ready to call it I'm ready, I'm ready. to uh, All right. To move forward well sorry Ophelia it was dangerous to go alone and you didn't take this you so didn't take we're, this 
we're, we're giving it to Zelda. And she's going into the final round to fight SpongeBob SquarePants. Woo! That one made you cringe a little bit. Yeah, the, the Legend of Zelda, Twilight, win this. <gasps> Dude, that's actually pretty good. Uh, that was pretty good. All right, Matt. I've got a bucket here. Now, we're recording this remotely again just because of time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold it up to the screen so you can read it. Okay, great, great. Uh, tell me a color to pick. <laughs> We've got four colors in here. There's pink, blue, orange. Blue! You want a blue one first? All right, so let's pull out a blue one. Blue, a clue. Gonna... By the way, new Blue's Clues looks pretty great. Dude, we got to add Blue's Clues to the bucket for next season. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so Matt, you wanted a blue one. I have it right here. Yes. Who do we have? First one. We have Matilda, the witch. Whoa. The little girl from the movie Matilda. Wow. Man, if she wins and then gets, we have Matilda v. Zelda. That'd be pretty crazy. That would be a great matchup. Well, she's going to have to go against the dark Jedi, a.k.a. a Sith himself, Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. That's a big oh match, Matt. Oh, my God. We have what the Darth heck? Vader. It was bound wow. to happen. Okay. Yeah. AKA we Anakin are Skywalker. A lot of big hitters this season. So many big hitters. Yeah. Um, next up, we have, and I need your clarification. I think it's, it just said this, but I think it is from the Pokemon Red and Blue series, Red. Oh, it, it is. Said red. It's Red. It is Red. It is Red. Okay, cool. Now, this is going to be interesting because I put both Red and Ash in the bucket originally. And then I was like, oh, should I have done that? But they're such different characters. And I'm glad I yeah. did because I think if Red had been counted as Ash, then he could have beaten Doctor Who. And he's not yeah. the same character. So that is, that's a big one. And uh, the last one was submitted by Adam, Adam Hlavik. Oh, yeah. It's Eames, Tom Hardy's character from Inception. Dude. That's a okay. great one. That's a great one. We are going to need some help with this one, I think. Yes. We're going to make sure we have a guest for this episode. Yeah. For sure. So uh, look forward yeah. to it next week on the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast. If they would like to get in touch with us, you can join the Unranked Discord. We'll put that link in our show notes. We have a room in Heck there. Heck yeah. Um, Matt, how about you? You can find me at the email Osvedo. Don't say hi. Uh, poke my brain. Uh, it needs to wake up. <laughs> and I'm at Christian underscore Humes. We are at UFC Pod, and we'll see you next week. Stay on the hunt.